No one cares about boxing. Tyson Fury, everyone had to look up his name. Everybody. No had one. If you're, and guess what? Nobody had to look up Floyd Mayweather's name. They went nuts, but this is the reaction she should have gotten. Because <laughs> that's legit. Daniel Day Lewis. That's what that movie's known for. Not this other fucking. <laughs> I know, but it's still a good movie, though. That Best Buy just released the MCU Infinity Saga. Whoops, people. Should be, should be careful. Five hundred dollars, everyone. Dude, five fifty. Guess what? I have. Oh, it's five fifty. Oh shit. Dude, I have those movies already. That's gonna be the most expensive bonus disc I ever buy. Uh, who are watching? You better pay through the court or pay according to the court order. When he's the real Joker, you should kind of treat that as fictional world. And when he's himself, which is kind of clown makeup or not the Joker look, that's pseudo-reality sometimes. And somehow Tuesday ended up being the day, the hour, <laughs> almost the minute of this huge, re the wrestling industry being revolutionized, man. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 310 of The Wrestling Court. Uh, on the eve after the whole big shit show after the Dark Side of the Ring episode, which is pretty much today's episode of TWC. I'm your host, Julian Cannon. Got my co-host and friend here, Rob, as we all are going to break it down. Mm, I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. I think everyone that's listening is ready because, boy, what, what a wild... 18 hours it has been you know when i was watching it yesterday me i think me you and drew yari were kind of going back and forth on facebook about it while it was live i think twitter first me and you were twitter i saw you as we were watching it we were tweeting to each other and i'm like hey you know pretty cool i'm getting it i'm getting the whole story cool we, stuff we want to know about it's in the story and then when it was over like Oh, yeah, some of that shit didn't sit right. <laughs> and you don't fully process it because it's nighttime. You know, it's over. I'm like, all right, get ready. I got to go to work in the morning. So you start, you put it to the back of your, you put it to the back of your mind. I'm on the train going to work and my brain starts thinking about some of the stuff. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of questions, not just what was shown and said, but I have some real important questions we'll get into about who wasn't spoken to or spoken about because i'm a little pissed off about some people because they explain who was on that plane right yes. so with that being said there's a couple of names that once we get this whole situation out and we'll talk about what should have happened or how it should be handled there's a couple of names i want to bring up but let's uh let's just kind of get into it go ahead yeah, sure. And um, before we do, I would like to also tell you that I reached out to Justin Credible since we are still in contact from time to time. He filled in a few more holes that um, Dark Side of the Ring did not um, address. Or maybe they edited it out for time, maybe? Yeah, that's probably the reason why. Probably happens like that. So let's get to some context here. So WWE was on the European tour in May of 2002. One of their shows was the Insurrection 2002 pay-per-view, which I've seen from time to time since that year, <laughs> since it became available to the America. And let's run down um, who was on the flight based on this card. So I'm going to list it by names, but not by the matches. We have, right, Mr. Right. We have Mr. Perfect, Goldust, Rob Van Dam, Eddie Guerrero, Jacqueline, Trish Stratus, Jazz, Molly Holly, X-Pac, Bradshaw, Scott Hall, Booker T, Stephen Richards, Matt and Jeff Hardy, Brock Lesnar, Sean Stasiak, 
Spike Dudley, William Regal, Steve Austin, Big Show, Triple H, The Undertaker, along with road agents and a crew. And Ric Flair. Oh, yes. And Ric Flair also. I'm assuming Tommy Dreamer was on there, too. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer is on there as well. I, I was going based on the card, so I believe. Yeah, both. but there's we, we a bunch of names. Yeah. Yes. Because don't forget what, what they explained in the video is that it was actually a European tour. The pay-per-view was the end goal, but there was two other stops. They did uh, Germany and they also did Scotland. Yes. And it's cool that they have footage from Germany from a fan cam. So that was kind of cool to see. That's how I knew Eddie Guerrero was there because they showed that little RVD and Eddie Guerrero spot. I knew that <laughs> Guerrero was there because of Jim Ross's um, report he did back in the day. But we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a bit also. So the story is the show was actually a success. They um, grossed in a few million dollars on it. And then the plan was to go back home right before Raw. Think of, they, think of you that. know, they do that. They do that a lot. Remember the Saudi Arabian tour? They wanted those guys back for fucking SmackDown with no time frame for anything. It's like, get on the plane, get to America and do the fucking show. And guess what happened? That didn't happen, right? Oh, so no. imagine, like, that's got to suck ass, bro. Like, you know, have you ever been on an international flight, regardless if it's just, you know, London to the to Connecticut, which is what they were doing, right? It was apparently in London to Connecticut is what they said in the, in the documentary. But, uh, I've been on trips from New York to Tokyo, which are 14-hour flights. Which is much more longer than going to Europe. Yeah, and let me tell you, we don't have as comfortable seats as that dude's had or on that plane. <laughs> we didn't have full food choices and bars and stuff. like you know, When you're on a plane, you're on a commercial plane, obviously it's much different. But it's a long flight regardless of what you're sitting in. You're going to be jet-lagged as fuck. And those guys were expected. Now, don't forget, they performed. Germany, boom, next day, Scotland, boom, then the day after that in London, and then they yes. get right back to be in, in, in Connecticut or Hartford, wherever they were performing. Oh, and also Hart- Terry Reynolds, sorry. Yeah, we can't forget Terry Reynolds was there. Obviously, Paul Lee Dangerously is on that plane because he's with Brock Lesnar at that time. Uh, Jerry the King, obviously, there because he was one of the announcers, so he was on the plane as well. There was a bunch of people on that plane, more, way more than uh, it was led on to be. Yes. That's funny that Jericho wasn't on it. Though. That's kind of crazy. No, he, Jericho wasn't on this tour. That's funny, right? You, I thought by then he would have been on the tour, but no. You see here, we get to begin where they had a successful tour. and They were supposed to leave from Europe to back to America. But the problem was the flight was delayed for seven hours. That which, was the first problem. Which, if you've ever been on a plane with a delay... I, it's I, a pain I, in the ass, and I'll tell you this: <laughs> my last trip to from Vegas back in 2020, the mm. uh, flight was delayed for about an hour and a half. Even so, it felt like seven. Right, think, and think about this: you weren't on a first class plane, right? You were on a regular plane. Uh, I was delayed going from New York to uh, California, and what happened with us is that we were about to take off, then the computer stopped working, so we actually drove off the tarmac onto the grass field. And they didn't oh tell God. us about, we were sitting there for like 35 minutes. I'm looking at the window going, what the fuck happened? 35 minutes later, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the pilot gets on and says, yeah, you know, we're about ready to take off and our computer stopped working. We have people working on it right now. We should be moving. So about another 35 minutes, 40 minutes later, everything was up and running and we left. But man, that was only like basically like an hour, like how you had basically as long as, and it just felt so long because where are you going to go? Because also, being that you're taxied, 
you can't really just get up and walk around because we could leave at any point in time. And if that happens, your ass has to be sitting down, right? Yes. So imagine, but of course it's different. This is a fucking private plane with lots of leg room. They, they, they were never going to take off like a commercial airline would do. This is a private jet. So these guys were able to get whatever they wanted. So seven hours on the tarmac is fucking ridiculous. Supposedly because of weather in Connecticut. Which, which I crazy. Which, yeah, which I could believe. No, it happens. Yeah. But I find it weird that I've taken off for Japan on a 767 in the thunderstorm, right? The first three hours up were just fucking horrendous because the you know turbulence and shit. And then when we were landing, there was a thunderstorm in Tokyo when we landed. So another three hours. So imagine out of 14 hours, six hours was the turbulence. Three at the beginning and three at the fucking end. Oh my god. So like so, like, you know, why couldn't this plane just fucking take off? You know what I'm saying? I don't understand the delay. But you know what? I guess it's a different rule for private jets over commercial airlines, you know? Oh, boy. So when they delayed the flight, uh, that's when the flight attendants come in. And the next thing you know, all the alcohol starts to get served to practically everyone full who wanted bottles. Drinks. Full, full bottles. bottles. Not the mini bar shit. Full fucking bottles because this is a high end. This is planes used for the lady said it, the flyer said it, she said it for this sports teams, right? High end sports teams. They took care of the Phoenix Suns and all these other sports teams, the Utah Jazz. So, their use. So, think about this this plane was designed for big dudes, right? Because if they're flying basketball players, 90, 80, 90% of basketball players are over six feet tall, 100%. So, with that being said, these planes are specially designed, you know, to handle that full bars. And we all know Taker, Bradshaw, and like, you know, Brock Lesnar. Brock, no, no, but the drinking end. Oh, oh the drinking I, end. I know that you know, between Taker, Bradshaw, Kevin and Nash, like Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, those four guys alone could destroy a drink cart 100%. So imagine the whole roster doing it. And, 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 you know, and Justin at the time, I know Justin was going through shit too, probably drinking a lot at that point in time, if I'm not mistaken. I think he meant he talked about that when he was, at that time, they drank. And Ric Flair obviously drinks like a motherfucker, like fish. So, you know, talk about that shit was gone in seconds. And that's not including all the other guys drinking. If if Farouk was on the flight, you know, um, Ron, Ron, Ron Simmons, um, Ron, Ron Simmons him and Bradshaw are always together, so I wouldn't doubt that he probably wasn't on the flight. Probably, right? I'm, unless they that was when they were separated by that time. I can't remember. Two thousand two was a weird time for the. No, the acolytes were together still. APA at the time. No, they they just split them up at the time. Really? See, I did. I yeah, can't it was about a month that. after the draft. Right. Oh, right. They split up the Dudley boys too, didn't they? Yeah, they split up the Dudleys. They split up APA. Uh, APA, and months later they split up the Hardys. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, so go on. So that's when the alcohol came in. And here's my here's my first question. Cause I know this happened later in the episode, but I'll bring it up anyway. When the flight crew had to clean up um, all the stuff, how the hell did all those syringes get in there? They had that shit on them. It's obviously, shit was in their back pockets in the backs of seats. These are wrestlers on no, no, private no, but here it is. How did it get there? Because remember, they was flying from America to UK first, and then they had to fly back. Like, where did they find the time to actually go somewhere to find to get these? Uh, between these are wrestlers. Party, remember, they were partying at the hotels 
each night. Fans uh, yeah. get you what the fans can get you whatever you fucking need locally. And honestly, the syringes was the least of their fucking problems. But the other stuff, uh, at that time, that stuff used to be legal. Well, they had it all on them. Yeah, the pills and shit. I wouldn't doubt that some wrestlers can get a prescription saying they need insulin. Um, do we have to remind everybody about Braun Strowman's picture when he was in the mirror? Syringes there, so he's using that for vitamin C. Yeah. You know, they can get it. You can get syringes. So don't be surprised that he didn't have a prescription for that too. Oh, I'm diabetic or I'm this. And they can have it and you're allowed to have it. Remember, this is just after 9-11. Everything went kind of crazy with the airplanes. Because remember, you said May 2002. 9-11 so just seven, happened. Seven, six months after 9-11. Only a few months after 9-11. We were still trying to figure out what to do with the airlines. Remember, it was still in a flux. So, yeah, the metal detectors and shit, but they weren't searching for drugs. They were worried about bombs and terrorists. They weren't worried about some wrestlers. And it was a private jet. So there's always different rules. It has changed since that time. So let's get to the takeoff now. So the flight finally takes off after seven hours. And that's when all hell started to break loose. Yep. Now, every time when this story is brought up, I... Don't they? We don't really know the order of the events, but we'll just talk to them as they happen. And one of the first incidents was the one between Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar. What Justin told me was that Kurt Henning was doing that to other wrestlers on that flight, including Matt, Jeff, and Booker T. And Brock Lesnar just happened to be next. <laughs> right. What basically means is Kurt, uh, you know, Kurt Henning is a prankster. Never. A big, huge river. They, Mike Chioda brought it up that he's a joker. That when he came back, they started doing the world way they still and stuff. Honestly, shaving cream to the okay. I have to tell you something. I was watching this with my wife today. I was showing her the documentary. Yeah. I turned to her and I said, "A lot of the stuff these guys did here. I in eighth grade we had a uh our because I went to Catholic school. So eighth grade was our graduation uh, grade." Because in Catholic school, you go first to eighth grade. So we got to go on a trip to Hershey, Pennsylvania for three days. So we had our own hotel rooms and everything. And we're supposed to have chaperones. Problem is a couple chaperones banged out. So me and my best friends at that time had two hotel rooms to ourselves. Everything these dudes did, the shaving cream, we put a kid in his underwear on a flotation device in the outdoor pool and left them there. We did all this crazy fucking shit. You know, that reminds me of my senior trip also. A lot of the shaving cream and of crazy um, strings Yo, also. You went was to never to, first. It was never to this fucking level what we Yo, um, know here. We did, we did fucking, we were fighting each other, jumping, piled, spearing and fucking. We piled on a kid, almost knocked him unconscious. We did horrible shit three days in a row. But did I not yeah. mention we were in eighth grade? grade and when rvd says high school no these guys acted like fifth graders he's right that is worse i mean when i did that in eighth grade we were kids unsupervised kids these are grown ass adults doing this shit right right so let's continue so as um justin credible told me when we was um chatting back and forth after the episode 
as we just said. Um, Kerhenning was doing that to several people on the plane, including Matt, Jeff, and Booker T first. And Brock Lesnar happened to be the next one. It wasn't, it didn't start off as just Kurt Hanging doing that to Lesnar. He just doing that to multiple people, and Lesnar was the last one he but did. But you know, where, where it matters is that Kurt got to Brock and did it, and Brock got all nutty about it. Go so figure. Brock, the so giant freak guy would get nutty about it. That's because, remember, he wasn't really smart enough to the business yet, even though it was not not to say that, oh, what Kurt did was right. No, it was not right. But at that time of how the business was perceived, Lesnar wasn't smartened up about it yet. Right. right. So Brock Lesnar um, chases Kurt Henning down to one of the exit doors. They, well, they brawled before that, right? They kind of, he got him, gored him. They broke seats. They broke overhead hangers. Yes. They made a fucking mess. And then they got to the back door, the emergency door. And that's when the, that's when start, shit started to get scary, even though it wasn't possible for that door to open due to the air pressure. Well, you know, even to this day, there's people that don't really know what the rules are and how that works. So, you, you, you know, you've seen movies, the door opens. Well, it's not easy for the door open. But honestly, do you want them to know the door can't open? No, you want them to think the door can open so people don't fuck with the door. I think X-Pac was the only one to know that the door couldn't open because when he was on a shoot interview going back a decade ago, he was probably the only one who brought that up. But <clears throat> Justin also told me that um, while they were fighting, there was people start trying to stop the fight other than Jarrah. So it was uh, Triple H, it was Undertaker, and it was... <clears throat> Triple H Undertaker and Booker T is trying to stop the fight. All right. So finally. And Finley. And fine. This is my point I wanted to bring up, especially when we get to the Ric Flair thing. Uh, but I want to bring up the point that, oh, fucking finally, Undertaker did some shit. He's supposed to be the fucking locker room leader, right? He's the one they claim to be. And now you know I am an Undertaker fan. I but am as of late, I'm starting to realize that maybe Mark Calloway is an asshole. <laughs> I, I, I've decided, just like RVD said, and you don't want to know about your heroes because you're going to not want to meet your true heroes. You want them to be fictional, not real. And you know what? I love Undertaker. I do not think anymore I like me more callous. I don't think I like Mark Calloway because besides what he said about the modern business being shit compared to the old ways, dude, you were on that fucking plane. That's the way you want the world to be fucking doing shit. That nah, was better. I, dude, I I know we was um, joking about that months ago, um, cracking jokes about it, but in real life, man, I don't think I want the business to be that way. But that's, you know, but he was a part of that, and he defends that. You know, those were the real men. That's not real men. That's real fucking assholes. And it's, Back in my you, day, we used to carry knives around in our locker rooms. Yeah, because we might get killed. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's better than having a comfortable locker room where you can trust the people you're with. Like besides, anyway, all right. So he's only stopped the fight because he probably because he's a, a dumbass redneck. He probably thought the door opened too on the plane and didn't want to die. And that's the only reason they stopped it. But you know what? The worst part is that having poor Jim Ross, dude. I feel so dude, bad. I for felt Jim for Ross. I felt for him too because um, he was tasked to pretty much babysit all of these guys. And I'm thinking to myself, why did Vince do this and why he had to set Jim Ross up for this? Well, like they said. He pays, he's the checks. He, even Tommy Dreamer does say, like, you know, it, that's JR's, unfortunately, that's part of JR's job. It shouldn't be, but that's should've his have, job. Yeah, it should have been his job to watch all these quote unquote you know, kids. 
you got to worry about the talent and all the stuff normally. Now you have to fucking keep coming back there like a dad. Like, don't make me come back there. They're going to fucking, like you said, I don't know if a plane door can open, but I don't want to find out 30,000 fucking feet. And he's right. Well, you don't want to find out something like that can happen. You don't have a need to know because there's no reason for these two assholes to be fighting on a plane with each other. Even though if it was a joke fight or just whatever it was, because, you know, after that, Kurt Hennings, to the day he died, talked that kind of shit about it on TNA, yeah, remember? Did. Yeah, he did. He kept bringing, you know, I took out Brock Lesnar 30,000 feet in the air. It's like, I'm like no, no, you really you didn't. didn't. <laughs> really, the truth is, you were acting like an asshole, pranking around, high on whatever, drunk on whatever. Brock took you to school. You know, they probably got his shots in, too. I wouldn't doubt that Kurt Hennings can't fight. Let's be real. All the old school wrestlers can definitely fucking most of them anyway could fist fight. I, I believe I believe Kurt Henning could, especially since he was hanging out with Rick Rude for most of his life. Yeah, he could have taken you know. But the point is that here you are, you know, and they, this whole shit happens. They calm that down. The fact that that even got to that is fucking absolutely mind blowingly stupid. So the Terry Ruddles discussion started to come up um, before they even took off for the flight. Um, there was an altercation between her and Brock Lesnar uh, backstage in the locker room. And one of the quotes that she said was, don't sell this. Don't sell this. Yeah, D- Dustin told her, don't sell it. Don't let, don't let him, don't sell it. And I'm going to, I was talking to Crystal about that. And I want to bring this up to you. What do you think? This is, it, it's got a double meaning. Okay. Don't sell it because don't give him the benefit of the doubt. But do not forget who Brock Lesnar was to Vince. We all knew at this point in time what Vince wanted out of Brock. They even said it. JR said it. Brock was the, even Mike uh, Chioda said it. He was the getting the push. He was going to be the guy, right? Yes. What would have happened to Terry? She would have made a situation out of it. Who would have been fired? Terry would have been fired. That's what I think Dustin meant by it. Brock was pushing his limits to see how much he can get away with because he's young and a piece of shit, right? And Dustin came to let her know because he's a veteran. Regardless of what people want to say, he's Goldust 2002. He was not in a great state. Dude's been wrestling since 88, 87. 88. Born in that, but he was born. I guarantee you, Ric Flair saw him when he was born. Ric Flair knows him. Everyone knows it. So Dustin is not a rookie or by no stretch of the means because of who his dad is, who he is. Dustin knows what that meant. And as much as he loves his wife, you can see, obviously, he actually was still in love with Terry at that time. And they was obviously going through their shit. But he let it know, like, don't basically what don't sell it means at this instance, don't give him the benefit. Of it. Don't let him win. But don't let anybody else know because you're going to get hurt. Don't sell it because you sell it, you're going to lose. And I think that's what that one meant. That Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I, it would make sense. I'll also add to that because it may be for that one instance, but Terry's... Well, they bring um, it up again, yeah. Yeah, Terry, it happened to Terry multiple times during her whole career. It's kind of shitty. It really exposes the way the business was at that time. Yeah, yeah. She even said it like, if I had to file a lawsuit, I'd spend my whole adult life in court because that's what they do, though. Back the guys, that's how they work. But the problem is for her, I feel at that instance, that's what it meant. He was trying to protect her from losing her job. Yes. I think that's what that meant. 
Of course, there's another instance where they say don't sell it, but we'll get into that in a second. But that was for obviously a different reason. But um, yeah, it may, it, it, see, because the documentary, they can't see there when they're interviewing people, they have uncut footage they have to edit. As we're watching the edited version, we can think differently. So I wouldn't doubt that they couldn't pry more into if that was the meaning. I wouldn't doubt that's what that meant. I definitely think she probably thinks what that meant too. You know, she, without saying it, she said it. And I felt like, you know, once again, Brock Lesnar was the biggest guy in the company. Uh, he was becoming the biggest star. You don't fucking bow when these assholes show up to the ring. I'm sick of it. I think I've said it a million times on this show. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was quite really shitty. Here's something that I actually but got Jim me. Ross, but Jim Ross brought up something. Sorry to go back on really quick. Jim Ross said that was it possible that this happened? It could have happened. Problem is, no one came to him, and that's where he has to keep his stance because she didn't report it. And you know, there's only so much he could do. So it's not his. It's not Jr.'s fault about that situation because if he's not there to see it, and if no one reports it to him, that he don't know. Just wanted to add that caveat. Good. So the fight attendant was also witnessing this whole shit go down. And this was the start of the horror show for the flight attendant. And I'm actually glad they brought in one of the flight attendants because there's actually three. It was the superior, the other flight attendant that sued, and the one that was on the interview. I assume that the- and she sued. She sued and the one of other sued, but not the third one. No, so it was the her. One. The third one was, was the superior. Her. Yeah, her and the other girl. The other girl was single. She was the married one. And if you saw in the document, you saw that they actually sue. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but they got went through a lot of shit. But don't forget, they were going through shit on the f- getting all these guys drunk to begin with. How were they at? She said it was, they were just getting drunk and rowdy. But what does that mean? You ask a bartender. You ask a waitress at a bar. We get some drunk, rowdy guys. What do you expect them to act like? What do they when they say oh there's being rowdy guys? What does that mean? You know what that means. You just don't want to know what that means. What these girls go through. So they're already probably dealing with a lot of shit that's not even being said. Am I? Is that me speculating? A hundred percent, I'm speculating. But they getting that drunk and the fist fight in the air. How were they acting while I was sitting on a tarmac, frustrated that they can't fly? What do you think they acted like? Fools. Yeah, but remember, these are two girls I was just um, working a, a normal day. They didn't expect any of this shit to happen. Well, you know what? It, the other thing is that I think they were prepared for a certain level because like they, she said that they've dealt with nothing but sports people in the past, but, you know, never to this level. And they also hung out with them, uh, especially the other way, the stewardesses, uh, at the events because they were all together because they weren't flying commercial. They were privately funded for this group of people. Yes. They stayed at the same hotels as the wrestlers. They drank with the wrestlers. They were even invited to watch the wrestling show. The woman said herself, who was in the document, she went to the one show in Germany and that was it because she was just happy to get some sleep because she had just became a mom and she wanted her time to sleep. So, you know, that makes sense. Also, a stewardess job sucks, bro. It's a waitress on the air. Let's be fucking real. Yeah. So we get to the next story, which is between Michael Hayes and Bradshaw. So <laughs> <clears throat> get a little more context here. Bradshaw wears it against X-Pac at the pay-per-view, and X-Pac busted him open pretty early on in the match. When they got into the flight, Michael Hayes uh, punched John Bradshaw Layfield over the head to reopen the wound, and then next thing you know, 
uh, Bradshaw punched the shit out of Michael Hayes. Supposedly smacked him unconscious, but he probably hit him. I mean, smacked him unconscious. Yeah. yeah. Either way, he hit him. But he was already drugged up. But the other point is that he was super fucked up. Michael Hayes was probably, they said, H-bound, which is like a roofie. Oh, we'll get to that after this. Well, they did mention that they think he was he was fucked up on that too. They did say that. I it also wasn't think he was regular drunk. So I also think Scott Hall was too, but we'll get to that as yeah, well. Yeah, Scott Hall said it himself. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> while Michael Hayes was sleeping, uh, X Pac cut his hair off, and the next thing you know, which I didn't know until they aired this on the episode, everyone was cheering for it. So it's, the general consensus was that Hayes deserved it. Well, don't forget. Hayes's position, I love how JR is like, he's a he's this, he's that. It's all the same fucking job with different <laughs> titles. It's like, let's be real, it's fucking same job, different titles. It, he did the same job, but they gave him a different title all the time. Um, the thing is that we all know how Michael Hayes acts to a lot of these guys. They know he's a stooge for Vince. And we've known that for years. I mean, for fuck's sake, CM Punk's talked about it. Uh, if you watch R- any RF video, Back and in the pretty day, pretty much it, any shoot that talks about Michael PSAs that he's a stooge, and because he has to, because to keep his job, he instead of being the fabulous freebird, he was the fabulous. Hey Vince, this guy's an asshole, and would fuck you over. So I wouldn't doubt that everyone was happy to cut his little shitty ponytail off. Um, but with that being said, that yeah, that is a violation of someone's personal body, and but uh, a haircut doesn't compare to other stuff. Let's be real. But Michael Hayes did punch Bradshaw in the fucking face. So getting his hair cut off is the least of his fucking problems. But then again, I seriously doubt that Michael PS Hayes would ever punch Bradshaw in the face if he was any more, if he wasn't fucked up to that level. You know, I've had friends get so drunk that out of no random way. I mean, I mean, my one friend got really fucking drunk that he was obliterated. I, I took him home. But out of nowhere, he just decided he was angry. The liquor, you know, that he just was mad at me. And he tried to throw a punch at me right to my face. And I, I moved and he fell on the floor. But it was the fact that, like, you know, he is not a violent person. But he was so fucking drunk. You don't know what your brain was. I don't even know what his brain was thinking. We were just talking two seconds before. Perfectly normal. I, obviously, he was slurring his words, but it was a regular normal conversation there was nothing i didn't antagonize him but his brain just clicked off and says throw a punch at this guy now because you're mad that's how fast that can happen there's some people that just when they get drunk they get fighting but there's some people that get drunk that just get drunk michael hayes i feel would not have thrown punches because we never heard him throw punches at people before drunk we never no. you would have heard stories like that you never heard that before obviously he was probably h-bomb got fucking roofied and had no control over his faculties. He did that shit. I mean, they hit him, Bradshaw hit him and knocked him out for the rest of the fight. Obviously, he was fucked up beyond recognition. You know. Now, speaking of which, uh, when they talked about the roofies and the GHB, I'm not sure if you watched it on cable, but other people started complaining because they showed beer commercials in between those um, segments. I watched it on the uh, on Files TV app because uh, I have Vice on my... So apparently on Samsung TV, guys, if you have Samsung TV, they have network channels. They do have... Oh, Julian, remember last week? I, oh, really quick. Remember last week I said I couldn't watch Impact? You watched the Impact, did you? No, 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 no. Apparently, Billy told me, on Samsung TV, they have an Impact channel. Oh. 
Oh, but okay. it's it's not it's going to show all the old stuff and if you want to see the new stuff it's two weeks behind so whatever airs this week <laughs> is from two it's from two weeks ago oh my but god it's con- but it's a constant it's a tna channel it's an impact channel so i was i put it on one night and i was watching like fucking uh jeff jarrett and fucking and, and with um when uh Brian Law uh, uh, uh Jerry Brian King Law, 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 2002 Brian. yeah they had it on the TV it was on the channel so but it's just constantly that so they have a Viceland channel so I went to put it on my TV but that Viceland channel is just a, all Viceland stuff but not the new show so I had to go on the Viceland app through FiOS network to watch it because I do have Viceland Vice but I had to watch it through FiOS I had to watch it through FiOS. So I can watch it. So we do watch it and there is commercials, but I wasn't watching the commercials. Like when the commercials come on, I would run off and do dishes, go to whatever, get a snack, you know? So I wasn't really, I didn't notice the commercials. Yeah, it goes to the discussion of um, some of the drugs that was still flying around at that time. Rob Van Dam even brought up a point that even though he didn't condone it, that was shit he used to see when he was um, going up in the business. Okay, I want to bring up a point about this too. A lot of people started shitting on everybody on that show, but at the end of the day, also Mike Mike Kyoto comes off as pretty shitty. Also, eh, he's seen a lot of shit. You know, <laughs> when you meet a guy who's been through all this shit, like he's not—he knows shit's bad, but he's seen a lot of shit more than you probably realize he's seen. He's probably seen these guys do 10 times worse than he fucking... Man, but he worked for that company where they were still protecting fucking Jim, Jim, Jimmy Snooker, okay? Let's think about that for a second. <laughs> so you think he's fucking like this, the airplane ride from hell is the worst thing he's been through? Absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Not defending him, but I'm just saying like he's seen some shit. But I do want to bring up a point and I realize this. I don't think fans who are just kind of casuals or people who are just learning about how this stuff all really is, we've been through it. Man, don't forget, I had a wrestling promotion and we had we had hernandez we had you know grim reefer we had all these guys with us and they were shitheads okay i'm not gonna lie i mean they were cool wrestlers don't get me wrong but you know what to get you know so you kind of expect the attitude like when you see rock stars or musicians and like oh well there was some fucked up backstage that's why you don't go backstage kind of a thing because if you want to enjoy the music don't go hang out with them you know what i'm saying but with that being said people don't understand there's a hierarchy in wrestling at this time, WCW and ECW just joined the fold, right? And they brought that up at the beginning of the documentary, but they didn't specify what that really means in the hierarchy. What that means is whatever Bradshaw does, whatever – we're going to talk about Ric Flair in a second. Whatever Ric Flair does, you can't get involved if you're PJ Polacco. You can't be just incredible and try to stop these guys because what's going to happen to you when you get back to the States? RVD, even though he was over, he was still new, right? Yeah. Tommy Dreamer, even though he's been around the block, was still new. Well, These we'll, get, dudes, we'll get to John. But Dreamer I know, also. but I, I but I'm just I want to bring up the point that I don't expect these guys to try to stop the veterans. You know, right? If Kurt Hennings gets into a fight, you're not supposed to stop it because they're gonna shit on you when you get back. They're gonna haze you. Remember what happens in wrestling court when a guy is trying to defend himself. He has to go to court and he's proven wrong because he defended himself because the veteran told him to do something. 
Remember what happened to the Miz? They threw his ass out. Remember with this guy? They threw him out. Remember? Why the fuck is that allowed? But when this guy is the veterans are doing bad shit, no one stops them. You see what I'm saying? It's not on just incredible to have to stop these guys. And we'll get into the Scott Hall thing, but that was not just Incredible's responsibility. No, it wasn't. I think he just thought at the time someone has to get him out. He was caring for a man that everyone just assumed was dead, and they said, fuck him. Like, do you understand? And he got shitted on for that. It's like, Uh, you see what happened? Justin was trying to get the guy off. Guys, what we're talking about for context really quick. We'll get into Scott Hall, but Scott Hall, obviously, you know the famous story. He's wheeled out in a wheelchair, and he's unconscious. Just incredible. Took him out of that fucking plane. No one else gave two fucks about him. Okay, Triple H is supposed to be his buddy. Where the fuck was Triple H? Yeah, was just I, was, I was about to bring. I was going to bring that up when we got to the Scott Hall discussion. But just really quick, but to be on the point where I'm trying to just jumping over points, just to kind of make amends, is that Justin got yelled at by Jr. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, I didn't even do this. I'm trying to help him. But think about that. Since he was a rookie to their eyes, they're new to the company. Guys like Tommy Dreamer, RVD, and all these guys had no right to interfere. Just keep that in your mind. It's still still kind of a shit mentality, though. Oh, no, but you know what? Bad cops that don't fucking write out good cops, I mean, good cops that don't write out bad cops still make good cops bad, right? So this is the same thing. It's not their fault because they have to worry about their spot. And you know that's famous line. We have to worry about our spot. Okay? Go on. <laughs> All right. So let's see. We broke down the Bradshaw and Michael Hayes part. Let's get to Ric Flair. And uh, he decided to become – I mean, become. He decided to wear his robe while he's naked and um, begins to sexually harass of the flight attendant and also cornered her. And by and going by the discussions that she told and by the reenactment they made, why in the hell did nobody just got up and um, told Ric Flair, hey, um, you got to cut the shit, other than Dustin Rhodes. It could have been okay. other people there. Do you see what I... That's what I brought up this point. You see what I said just before? No, I mean, like, why? at that... Yeah, no, I know why, but at that That's instance, why RVD couldn't do it. That's why Tommy Dreamer didn't do it. That's yeah, why that's just I was, incredible. I was, gonna bring, I was gonna bring it up. Where um, the fuck was Undertaker? Where the fuck was Stone Cold? Where the fuck was Triple H? Where the fuck were the fucking veterans? Yeah, where were the... I was about to bring it up. Where were they to co- go to that area to say, hey, this shit cannot happen here or to stop Ric Flair? Where were they? And he, like she said, the only one that helped him was Dustin Rhodes. Why could he do it? Because Dustin is a veteran. And that's why I brought up earlier, Dustin was born into this business. And Ric Flair was probably there when he was born, right? And the reason why I brought that up is because Dustin can just walk on that red, cut it out. She doesn't want to yeah, do but, this. Yeah, um, but Dustin is not fully a saint here because there's something that was also left out on that plane ride too, based on the lawsuit. What was that? So after the whole thing with um, Dustin Rhodes and Terry, he got... He he sings in the microphone. No, no, after, after, after that. After the whole singing on the microphone thing, he goes to the other flight attendant and told her that you or me are going to beg. Put it that way for... um, I'll put it that way for paraphrasing. Right. Yes. He grabbed her and told her that. And that was also part of the lawsuit. That was also left out of the episode. 
Right, because unfortunately, once again, the other girl is not in the documentary. She can't tell her point. No, no, she can't. And so the girl who is there was very happy with us in protecting her. So you got to understand that for the documentary, the other girl's not there to tell her side of the story. You can't just show because it's in the court cases. And so there is, uh, you know, there are things. You say Ric Flair, what he did is bad enough, but Tommy Jimmer's comments and defending Flair for that. Oh boy, that is. Well, let's, hold we're, on, we're Rob. That done, is. We're not even talking about Ric Flair yet. Let's just kind of just talk a little bit about that. Okay. Because uh, we'll, I want to get Tommy Dreamer, but I want to save that. Just wait on that because he's got a lot of shit to, he got explaining to do. But with Ric Flair is that they all said, and there's been cartoons about it, that Ric Flair always does this. He'll put his robe on, come out naked, swing his giant dick around. Cool. Okay. It's funny. In the locker room with the dudes, you swing your dick around being funny. Okay, sure. It's one thing to do in the locker room for dudes, but not with people who are not in the wrestling business. The other thing is, if you, like he told in the cartoon story that people have asked him to do it, he's done it. Maybe he has. This is Ric Flair. Dale, he's been married more than enough time to know that he can get girls. Let's be real. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. Ric Flair has banged lots of chicks. Because you know what? He can and girls want him because he's famous. It does happen. Sorry, guys. I'm not going to be sugarcoating it. Sometimes when you're famous, even if you're ugly as dog shit, you will get fucked. Look at the VMAs. If you want to know what ugly motherfuckers look like, they're getting laid. Okay? Because money brings chicks. And, and for girls who are famous, brings guys that they want to fuck too. And whatever you want to do. Here's the thing. Ric Flair is drunk partying. He's swinging his dick and his eyes. And I'm going to tell you why he doesn't think he's wrong. He's so used to being Ric Flair because that's how he you. We've talked about how TNA threw him off the fucking bus right in Germany because Ric Flair is Ric Flair. Ric Flair doesn't see when he's doing something wrong because every time he's showing his dick to a girl, at least one or two of them are going to fuck him. And that's happens to him all the time. It does happen because it will. It's going to happen. For every girl that doesn't want to do it, there's always a girl that will say yes. That's why when guys rape, my brain goes, but you could have gotten it fairly because there's plenty of girls. Just because that one girl said no, that upset you more than the 100 girls that have said yes. You know what I'm saying? But when Ric Flair got that girl caught, he went there to get a Coke. She said he went back there to get a Coke. In his brain... Of course she wants to see my dick. She's just being shy about it because it's Ric Flair. That's how his mentality is. All right? This is not a defense of him. I'm just putting it in perspective of his thought process because I think what he did is fucking atrocious. Okay? But I'm just saying his perspective because you know what? We have to sometimes do devil's advocate. What was his thought process? He can't defend himself. He's not in the documentary. Even, even hold on, Rob. Even so, that still doesn't give him a right to do any of that hardest shit that happened on that planet. Hey, hey, hey hold on. 100. I'm not. Once again, I did not say I'm defending him. I'm just explaining his thought process. Yeah, she's probably just shy. You could touch my dick. Come on, I'll give you my hand. Out. You could touch my dick. And she's saying no. But he's a wrestler. Eh, you know what guys say. But she means no. She really means yes. She's smiling. Obviously, she's smiling because they never realize that when girls are scared, sometimes you smile when you're scared. People just think when you smile, that means they like it. No, motherfucker. In reality, sometimes when people are scared, the wrong emotion shows. It happens. It's natural. Right? It happens. Sometimes you, when you're, you're excited, you cry. You're happy. You cry. Does that mean you're sad? 
No, you're crying because you're so happy. That doesn't compute, right? Like the CM Punk fan, right? He was so happy he cried, right? But he wasn't crying because he was sad. So she was smiling. Doesn't mean she was smiling because she was happy. She was scared. She was horrified. But he, drunk, obviously, did not notice it because he's Ric Flair. And that's how he took it. And you know what? It's wrong. It is 100% wrong what he did. We know now that none of that flies anymore. I'm saddened that it took to now for these things to become apparent, right? Right. But that's why I wanted to get out. I do not agree with it. It's 100% wrong. First off, Ric Flair, keep your fucking pants on, bro. What the fuck you do on a plane naked? What about that plane crash land? Well, we know it's Ric Flair. He's wearing just his robe. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck, bro? It's like, I, I it's bet wrong. You, I bet you um, ESPN or WWE is not airing any of those cartoons anymore. Yeah, whoever owns it. I guess it's on uh, Peacock now, is it? I don't know. I don't have it. So I don't I don't know if those cartoons, those story times are even there no more. Yeah, that's still And there. the f- funniest part is I just did one of my newest uh, cartoon stories. Uh, and I used that, that thing where Ric Flair comes out and the champagne bottle explodes. He's got nothing on. I used that in my cartoon. So it's kind of funny that this happened afterwards. But um, but the point is that at the end of the day, like he's not reading the room. Like he is so – but we've known this from Ric Flair for years. Like he can't be anything else but Ric Flair. That's a problem with some of these wrestlers, especially yeah, – they're too, they're too much into their own shit. Um, Ultimate, Warrior for, Ultimate Warrior for example. Mm-hmm. 100%. That fucking – piece of shit but at the end of the day like that's where i see his brain going with it and that's why when you bring up tommy dreamer and tommy says i've never seen him do anything like that he could have left it at that okay but that's either not he could have left either he could have left off at that or the editors could have taken that whole segment out but why would you he said it he, he said doubled it down on it he not only doubled down on it, he defended Flair for it. I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> when me and my lady was sitting here watching this shit on <clears throat> a few days ago because we got the screener, he was like, wait, did Dreamer just say that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he just said that. Well, you, what makes it worse, right? Is okay, you could say, yo, I known Rick, he's never had the force himself. Okay, you could say that because you know, sorry, Rob, you, I, was going, I was about to say, I'm not on the fuck Tommy Dreamer um, train, but this guy kind of messed it up himself. And you know, I've always loved Tommy Dreamer. Absolutely. I was a big fan of Tommy. I'm a big ECW guy, so I'm, of course yeah. I'm a show, right? But he w- that would be fine if he would just said, look, as far as I've ever seen Flair, I've never seen him force himself on a girl. But RVD says, I saw him back there with that girl. RVD saw it. Yeah. So Tommy could just say, hey, you know what? I didn't see it. I only heard about, you know, I was on a plane, but I was too busy doing my own shit. He didn't say that. He just, he said that, you know, Rick has never needed to force himself. But then later on, he later on, he says uh, what he says later on is the most fucked up part because he said apparently she got offended by it. Okay, yeah, well, you know that's if she's offended by it, well, that happens. But then he goes, well, then why did she take the fucking money? And the reason that was left in because she brought up that her husband wanted her to settle for the money, and she said, what was more important, the truth or the money? And it had to be the money. She said that, and then fucking right after that, Tommy Dreamer says, well, then why'd she take the money if she was really so hurt by it? 
that's the worst defense. It is the worst defense, and I also bring this up. Uh, flight attendants are on the um, air all the time. So if this would have went to trial, think of how much time that she would have took off just to fight lawyer fees. She would have lost her job, and she would have been fired from that company. Yes, one hundred percent. And that's not that. That there's no defense for that. End the story. But then when he makes worse, he trivialized it by comparing it to people so being offended by his double man bun. <laughs> I, when my uh, wife saw that, she's like, did he just fucking say that? I'm like, this is where he fucked up. Before, if he would just stop saying, you know, I know Rick and I know, I know him. I've never seen him have to do that. That's a fair defense. That's fair, you know? Yeah. But then when he shitted on the table, why did she take the money? Well, guess what, dude? Like you said, she works a job. She's going to go through a year litigation where, by the way, one of the best lawyers in the world works for Vince. Right. So are you, and Jericho brought that up in the fucking uh, pre-show. Oh, you, oh you, finally, you finally saw the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. Actually, I saw okay. it on Thursday. I watched it right before. That's how I remembered. A, that's how I remembered that Dark Side of the Ring was on because it came up on my YouTube feed. I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, that's tonight. So I watched the Jericho thing, but he brought up about that lawyer and that lawyer fucking wins cases. So let's be real. If that girl had a fight in court, they would have run her through the through so much shit. Sometimes you walk away with some money and just deal with it. You know, are you happy about it? She's just very lucky. It never got past the level it got. Thank God he didn't rape her. Thank God none of those girls got stabbed with fucking used needles, right? Thank God for all that. But it was not a cool experience for people just trying to do a job. Ric Flair and all these guys, the veterans will always get protected because even back then it was still the mentality of the old ways because the who was on guard in that company. The drugs, the fucking drinking, that's expected. But they rock, they part. Well, look at all you have to do is ask Jake Roberts. He fucking has lived through shit like a rock star. He told you. He, in the original documentary they ever did about him back in the 90s as part of the uh, Beyond the Mat, he said, how can I go home to my regular wife when I'm fucking six girls and doing all the drugs? How do you go back to normal? Right? So all these guys, it's not just Jake who did that. They all fucking did that. So don't fucking, everyone shits on Jake Roberts because his got so far that you saw him in the public eye, but you're going to tell me everybody else didn't do it? Of course they did. Ric Flair is like that. And you know something? He just doesn't think he's wrong because so many people give him whatever he wants. That's the problem with certain people. Higher-ups, famous politicians, you know, rich people. People don't say no for the most part. So when someone says no, obviously it's not a no. You see what I'm saying? It's a mental disease. And that's the problem. But for Tommy Dreamer, just to have to compare and trivialize her experience to his ponytail... Yeah, that was fucked up. That's when he fucked himself. And yes, do I think that Tommy deserves to be fired? No, I don't think so. No, no, Impact um, Impact suspended him. That's what I know. But I'm just saying, like they're saying, people are saying, "Oh, it's busted open, going to fire him." I'm like, look, he shouldn't be fired because he said something like that. People got to calm down a little bit too. Should he have not said it? Maybe not. Maybe he'll give an apology and say, "Look, 
I, this is what I meant. Or maybe he could also use, hey, I did say something else and they edited it out. Because there's also the benefit of doubt. Uh, maybe, I can't do <laughs> the, that. Well, I'm just saying. Kind of, no, I no, but I'm saying. Just uh, apologize and move on. No need to double deck on what he said. Just apologize. No, no, I, it's true. I'm just saying, but if you want to double deck, you can say, hey, no, I said this, this, and this, but that wasn't in the documentary either. And if they can't prove, if they did film it, and then don't forget, like you said, you spoke to Justin Credible, and he brought up a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't included either. It's very possible that stuff got left out, you know. But when you don't, you don't trivialize someone's experience to being offended by everything. That's an old school stupid sentence. A lot of older cats love to do this. Oh, everyone's offended by everything nowadays. But they're offended by my hair. I'm offended by your stupidity, right? Right? Don't don't say it, Tommy. I fucking love you. You know, I was at shows where people fucking screamed, you suck, Dreamer. And I'm like, fuck off. It's Tommy Dreamer. He's earned his spot. But when you say shit like that because of Ric Flair, what is Ric Flair going to do for you? Is Ric Flair fucking paying your rent? Is Ric Flair is Rick um, fucking... inviting you to his next party? Yeah. Is Ric Flair going to be at your home with your kids and your wife and having a big dinner? Is Ric Flair going to give you a, a title, sh- uh, say word for you to get a title shot at WWE? No. Is Ric Flair going to help make good words for you in AEW? Because right now you're not. Tony Khan don't play that shit. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember a few months ago what I said? Um, when yes. the doc- yeah, you remember a few months ago what I yeah. said that? I think it was like a month ago you said it. Yeah, it was, actually, ago, yeah. yeah, it was a month ago when I, I was said thinking that, about um, that. W- WWE must have caught went to this Dark Side of Ring episode. That must be why Ric Flair um, got fired. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you something else. Thank God he didn't debut as Andrade's manager yet. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> poor AEW, like, here we go. Now it's our fault. Even though they have nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll, people will just come shitting on them. You hired a rapist. It's like, he, you all Dude. laughed at the cartoon in WWE. What the fuck did I do? Even though I don't like the um, Nick Gage guy, I would have gladly accepted him over Ric Flair in that situation. Right? I mean, he's obviously committed to his girl he's not a fucking rapist he's a he's a shitty criminal <laughs> but he's yeah at least he's truthful for what he is you know um he knows that he's not anything special like he knows it like he's not pretending to be more he lives for that moment but at the end of the day it's like but rick flair just like hogan will always be a name jr brings it up why didn't rick flair get in trouble and jr goes that's a good point you guys are listening to this you be the judge because you know what? Jim Ross is right. He had enough shit he had to deal with. He had to punish people that he knew he could punish. Yes. He couldn't punish he couldn't punish Brock, which Brock was the one throwing him up against the fucking door. Why wasn't Brock punished for that? Kurt Kurt Henning was punished. Kurt Henning was punished. Oh boy, the die part. Kurt Henning was punished because of all the shit that happened before the before the whole Lesnar and Kurt Henning thing took place. He was ribbing and being stupid, but they also know that he's famous for that. You don't fire someone like for that. For shaving cream on the head, you don't fire people for that. I mean, Dustin, you saw he was fucking puking up in a fucking the back of the seat, right? Yeah. And they punished him for that, but they didn't fire him for that. All right. So on top of that, the idea is this: the guys that should have been punished severely. Here's the thing. You know when you're in school and the kids that do bad and the teacher blames the whole classroom for not you know, getting involved? 
they're not going to punish Stone Cold and fucking Undertaker because they obviously didn't do shit to stop any of this stuff. They didn't. Fucking locker room leader, my fucking ass. Fucking Undertaker is the locker room leader. Yeah. Everyone respects Taker. Taker's the, the judge in the fucking in the wrestler's court. Oh, yeah? Where the fuck were you when that girl needed help? Where the fuck were you, Mr. Superhero, Mr. fucking locker room leader, when these assholes were acting stupid? Taker, remember when you taped up your fist and said, Sean, play by the fucking rules, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you? And they listened? Where the fuck were you on that plane going, yo, guys, we got to get home in one piece. We got a show in the next day. Or Triple H. Where, where was he? Well, Triple Especially H since all, all of his friends was on that plane. X-Pac, just incredible. Kevin Nash, yeah. even though Nash didn't do anything. And Scott Hall. Nash didn't give a fuck about Scott Hall. Everyone left in the dead. Anyway, but but my point is let's that... Get, let's get, sorry, I was going to say, let's get to Scott Hall. But really one quick before we get to that. It's just that, where was the punishment on the people who did nothing to stop it? The ones who were in the higher-ups. Like we said, the locker room leader. Where the fuck was taken, not taking responsibility? Fucking Jim Ross had to take responsibility for that shit? That's fucked up. Vince yeah. already hated Jim Ross to begin with. Made fun of him on national TV where he pulled the head out of his own ass. That's fucked up. Made fun of his Bell's palsy. Fucked with him all the time. Like, what a piece of shit. Go on. So the same flight attendant that was interviewed um, also had an <clears throat> altercation with Scott Hall. Hall was obviously drugged up due to that GHB. Uh, he woke up for one spur of the moment, said what he said to the lady and then fell asleep. He passed I, the fuck out. Yeah, he passed out. I believe Hall when he said that he has no recollection of that, even though it was oh, yeah. still shitty for that to happen. But he woke Hall, up with some stewardess over him saying, Do you need any food? And he's like, uh, and like drugged out. He said in an interview, he said, I think, you know, um, Kurt H bombed him, he said, which I guess was Kurt Henning, right? Yes, Kurt that's Henning. Probably, that's probably the reason why he did get fired. Let's <laughs> <That's> be real. <laughs> it probably wasn't the shaming cream. It's probably because they all knew he was H bombing people. And, um, you know, he was that dead to the world. Obviously, I don't take, I mean, he shouldn't have said what he said, but when in that kind of condition, you can't, like my friend who threw a punch at me when he was so drunk, and he said, I fucking hate you. He doesn't hate me. He's still my friend to this day. He's one of my best friends, right? But the liquor made him say something stupid, right? He apologized. Matter of fact, to this day, my friend will never drink like that again. He refused to because he was so embarrassed and upset that I, he's like, I didn't want to hurt you. I'm like, dude, you were never going to hurt me. But anyway, but he felt terrible. I think Hall and um, Mr. Perfect were the only ones fired from this. I think Hall should have been at least suspended. I mean, but I think what what, what JR brought up a point that was like, we did him no favors by putting him back in routine because putting him back as routine fucked him up instantly. Yeah, like he had no self-control. And you know what? JR is right because he was a lie. He would have been just more of a liability. And yeah. he wasn't drawing no disrespect. They weren't drawing. NWO wasn't really drawing. They it was kinda, they kind of they kind of was the first few uh, weeks or so. Okay, a few weeks is great. Long term it didn't do shit. It really didn't. And Scott can't be coming to a show fucked up because people pay for him to be in some kind of condition. So at the end, it, he was not ready to be good. And that, I understand that firing. Kurt Henning, 
maybe I mean the H bomb obviously if it's true that he is the one that remember this is all speculation. Kurt Heading died. We don't know if Kurt really did the H bomb or somebody else did. We do not know, but they speculated. That's all they have. Remember that. So with that being said, if they actually knew and had proof that he did it, he should be fired. But without proof, they fired him because he was making Brock look like a fool and Brock was the next big thing. Because if he was just doing that to the Hardy Boys, no one would give two fucks. Let's be real. Yeah. So Hulk and uh, Mr. Perfect got fired. Then the story went back to the flight attendant where um, that was the last thing she did on that flight up until they landed. Yeah, she hid. She wanted nothing to do with it. She wouldn't feed them. And I don't blame her. You know, I, I don't blame landed. her either. She landed. And then, uh, and the worst part is the girls in first class, they know nothing. Here's the thing I find bullshit. Dude, let's be real. I've been on a 767, okay? I've been on a, remember, that was a 757. 767 is even bigger. And I knew what was happening in the first row. Like, even though it was first class and we're supposed to be separated that far apart, you know if there was a ruckus on the plane. So the fact that those girls in the front said, oh, I didn't know any of that stuff was happening, is full of shit. They're probably thinking, thank God we're not back there. And I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to call shenanigans. And first out, Vince was sitting right next to JR, making JR do all that shit. Why the fuck did Vince not get up? He was on the fucking plane. That's a that's a good question. He shitted on JR for all that and made JR take responsibility. You're a fucking Vince man, and you are a character on TV at this time. And if I'm not mistaken, is this the time where Ric Flair became co-owner, or was that not yet? It was after. This was after that. Yeah. And okay, also, so I'll keep in mind that Eddie, Eddie Guerrero just came back into the company a month before. So no way he was fucking right. at all. Right. Because he was also the one that... That's when he had that match with CM Punk, right? Uh, the month before, yes. Yeah. He was so... Yeah. All right. So with that being said, Vince didn't go back there and go, what the hell is going No, he didn't do shit. He made a man who is, you know, not the healthiest man in the world. That's your job. You handle it. It's like, motherfucker, this is your company. If shit goes down bad, like JR said, if this was a Delta flight, the FBI would have been waiting for us. Especially with all the drugs and vomit on the floor. Yes. Blood, fucking all that shit, bro. At the end of the day. Well, we got some... Some news here. Uh, Ric Flair's Card Shield commercial campaign is now paused due to the episode Dark Side of the Ring. Dude, this is, dude, by the time the season ends, I think this one is going to be the most talked about episode. And I thought yeah. um, the Brian Pillman one would be, but this one caused a shit ton of controversy. Well, someone brought it up. I don't know if it was on Drew Yari's page or somebody else's. The guy's like, well, there goes any future episodes where wrestlers going to want to appear on this show. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's kind of right. He's like, no one's going to Tommy Dream is not going to talk to them ever again because even though he didn't think he did nothing wrong, he got the shit of it and he's not going to talk to them ever again. Um, unless so they, they do, unless do... they do episode on Louis Spicoli that he would. Yeah, maybe he. But if this back, if this backlash on his job for a long period of time, he may not want to. It's not gonna be worth it. You know what I'm saying? And Dustin um, uh, Rhodes just deactivated his. No, not deactivated. He just put um a lock on his Twitter. I don't blame him. 
I mean, the documentary made him look pretty okay for the most part. Ah, uh, viewing really it, yeah, viewing it, yes. But when they looked up the entire court case, no. I mean, did everyone look up the whole court case? I didn't. I just went with what they had. Oh, no. I mean, oh, people on Twitter already dug it up. Oh, but people on Twitter do that. I mean, I expect a lot of that, but I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, the documentary did not make him look bad. And Dustin has really atoned for everything he's done. I think Let's Rob I think Rob Van Dam was the best one coming out of this documentary. Yeah. Yeah, he looked pretty good coming out. I think I think uh Justin Credible looked good too. I mean I, Justin I Credible know. also. And Justin had nothing going wrong with him. JR looked good. You, you you were sympathizing JR. And I sympathized with Dustin too because I felt like at the same time, like, yeah, he was in the right place, man. Like we knew he had a really horrible falling out with Terry, and I knew it was over her supposedly with the father. Dusty had a lot to do with that. There was a big, you know, thing with that. So I could see like that affected him. It affected him for years to come. I don't think he wants people to relive stuff that he's embarrassed by. Like he don't talk about Black Rain because he's embarrassed by it because of how bad he was. You know, he was in a bad place. He's in a better place now. He's a better man. People are allowed to atone, you know? Yeah. Like Dustin has atoned for anything he's done bad. I, let's be fucking real. The guy's really saved himself and he's helping all these new young wrestlers out like fantastically. He He's always on Sammy Guevara's blog. He's doing stuff with Fuego all the time. He's being a really good mentor and a good trainee, trainer and a good person now, right? That means a lot. So whatever he might have been accused of, obviously, remember guys, whatever said in that court document doesn't mean shit if they settled out. He was never brought to trial for anything because he might have said something. He never defended himself in that, right? There is nothing there that he could say, I didn't say that, right? There's nothing because they, they didn't go to court, right? They went and settled. So no matter what, people have to understand, you don't know if he said it. The girl said he said it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, she settled out of court with the other lady. This is what what um, Tommy Dreamer didn't say properly. Dustin didn't go to court and didn't go to jail because he said something. Also, Dustin's not the one that fucking took his dick out in front of everybody. No, Legitly, everyone, everyone saw his dick out. On the documentary, he had his dick out, being Ric Flair. No one said Dustin took out his dick, and no one said that Dustin dragged the woman to the ground and did because. That didn't happen. He might have said something to her because he was so fucked up, just like Scott Hall did, right? It's very possible, but it never, you gotta like let people atone for their shit. When you don't, if they, if they refuse to atone, they're 100% shun them. Ric Flair will never apologize for anything Ric Flair does. No, because even to this day, Flair denies all this shit happening. I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy. Ric Flair is Ric Flair. Ric Flair will always be Ric Flair. Speaking that's of that's um, the problem. Speaking of Ric Flair, uh, I got to see the Chris Canyon episode as well. And if you thought this one is um, going to make Flair look bad, you haven't seen shit yet. <laughs> oh no! Don't tell me nothing. I don't. Uh, we'll talk about it once once it comes out because I just that one I'm really waiting for, and I really want to see the one on Luna Vachon because these are some of the like I never got to really know Chris Canyon. I, I know of him. I've never really seen a lot of his shit. 
Uh, but when Jericho was talking to the guys on the pre-show, it Dude, made me really all, Kenny was Kenny was really awesome when he was at WCW. Obviously, he was just lump with some shit. That yeah, was it's just like what I explained last um the last episode we did. Um Kenny and Mike Awesome. There's between yeah. those two was that Mike Awesome, even though he was a big guy, he moved a lot but like a cruiserweight. And Kenny did a lot of transitional type of wrestling that cruiserweights does, but big guys don't. And Kenny was one of the first guys to do that. See, I'm excited for that. I mean, I guess let's just kind of wrap up this ep- about this show. I mean, we it was so important that I was we were texting each other like I have to call text. I have to text you like I think we need <laughs> to talk about this. We cannot wait till next week to talk about this because yeah. it was it blew up fast. But the point is, at the end of the day, I don't think we were ever really ready for the ramifications. I knew when we were hear about it, we were going to get excited like, oh shit, we're going to get some shit. Well, the only one I was um kind of expecting was Flair. Was right. Tom, Flair Tommy Dreamer, did, did. I didn't. No, because, you know, he, like I said, Tommy definitely didn't speak right. Obviously, he has a lot of respect for Flair, but that also comes to your detriment. You know, Tommy got in trouble for basically defending somebody. That's that's what it is, right? He's defending somebody, but also not because he defended him. Let me take that back. Because he, he just demoralized the woman's experience so low that he compared it to something so trivial. Yeah. When you trivialize someone's sexual abuse, regardless of as simple as you guys might, there might be guys listening. There's probably people listening right now that probably think what Ric Flair did was nothing, right? Yeah, but I'll tell you, and, uh, and a lot. perspective of someone who's not in the wrestling industry or has never watched wrestling until they saw this documentary, it's a horror show. Now, understand, at the end of the day, I get what those people mean. Oh, it's, he just took his dick out. He didn't do nothing serious. And that's true. Yeah, he didn't. But that's still not right. Okay, yeah. Okay, 2021, we know it's completely wrong to just take your dick out. But do not forget, just a couple years ago, do you remember the comedian Louis C.K.? Oh, boy. What happened? Julian, what happened to Louis C.K.? What was he doing? That was so he got so much trouble for. He was jerking off in front of people because that's what he liked to do. Right? His career is now in the shit because he did stuff that people were like, this guy's fucking nuts. And all the other comedians knew he did it, but they couldn't say shit because he was too powerful. You see what I'm saying? When you have Bill fucking Cosby, right? Bill Cosby legitimately drugged and raped people. Ric Flair never did that. As far as we know, Ric Flair never did that. I, you know what I'm saying? But Bill Cosby did. He fucking did do that. And all the comedians knew, but he was so powerful, right? That they were afraid that they would lose their career if they said shit, right? Right. This is what happens. When you have so much power, you're untouchable. JR said he's like a made man. There's no other way to explain it. It's like the mafia. You can't touch him. He's the made man. And and that's the problem. When you're juvenile at 60, 70 years old, hey, look at me, my big dick's hanging out. It's like, dude, I don't want to see that shit. Put it away. I'm trying to have a drink with my friends. Like, what the fuck? Bro, I'm glad you're happy with your dick, but like, you know what? I don't need to see that shit. The fact that all the wrestlers think that shit's funny. It's become like a joke. And that's how they treated it as. Uh, it's not a party until Ric Flair takes his dick out. It's like, what kind of party are you guys going to? It's, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get it. 
I always had friends at parties. They had their shtick. Everyone has their shtick. If you have a big group of friends, you got the one friend that would do like or do stupid jokes. Yeah, the one friend grabs everyone's ass. You have that one friend that will uh wear the lampshade. You know, just is random shit. I'm saying. You know, that's their shtick. Oh, it's Joey. He's at the party. Hide your lampshades. He's gonna be wearing it later. You know, and so that's how they attributed Ric Flair's dick to Joey lampshades. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, it's like, no, no, it, that's not, it's not right. And that just shows you how the wrestling business changed. I think for the better. Alrighty, thank you, Rob, for coming on this show. I think we had to do an emergency podcast after the, today's. We called it. We called it audible. We hit the fucking emergency button. Let's do this shit. <laughs> we had an emergency meeting. It's sus. Ric Flair sus. We had to vote him off. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we didn't get slapped in the head with damn shavings cream. You know what? Though I take that any day. I mean, I when I was younger, like I was partying with a bunch of people, and I, mean, I was like sixteen. Everybody else was like in their twenties. We went to a club. We all hung out at night. Yes, even though I was sixteen, I shouldn't be in the club. I I got in because I looked older. Don't worry about that shit. Came back. We were all hanging out in my room, and I happened to fall asleep first. And I got smashed in the face with shaving cream because they put it in my hand and, you know, they took it in your nose and they smack you. You didn't go out, so you I, didn't I, go out um, drinking or smoking pot at, beforehand, did you? No, we were drinking. Yeah, we were, we were, at, the, we were at the club and uh, we all hung out the whole night. We At the club, dancing with girls, you know, women actually weren't girls. Even though I was 16, this club was 21 and over. So I got in anyway. And we're hanging out. We're drinking, partying all night. It's like four o'clock in the morning. The club closed. We come back to uh, my apartment, you know, and we're in my bedroom. It was like all of us. We had a little music playing a little low, brought some beers to drink at the house. So in my room and I'm 16, so I'm still younger than the rest of them. I passed the fuck out because it's I fucking tired, right? It's like 536 in the morning and I feel a tickle. So I go to, you know, you go to scratch your nose, splat. And I look at my hand, it was shaving cream. And I'm like, I kicked everybody out. <laughs> I said, get <laughs> the fuck out of my room. I got shaving cream over my bed now, you asshole. <laughs> oh, but you know what? But that's when you hear, like when I said, like you hear these guys saying, don't fall asleep on the plane. Teenage shit. You know what I'm saying? Like fucking Kurt Henning, it was how old was he in his 40s doing that shit? Late 30s? Like I never did that shit in my late 30s. I'm 44 now. I can guarantee you I've never put shaving cream on people and splatted them. I guarantee you I've never done it. I haven't done that since my senior trip in high school. High school. High school. You see what I'm saying? Not as a goddamn adult. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, I know. I know. We'll be back next week as we give our predictions for Extreme Rules. Wait to Robbie. Lemon. <laughs>